Well, hi there, and welcome to Unshaken. I'm Julie Van Warmer, your host for today's episode. I'm so glad you're joining me. Hey, I want to tell you about a couple things before we jump into our episode. First off, head over to your socials, Facebook or Instagram, and follow or like us at Women of the Word CTW. This is our umbrella account that covers and highlights all the ministries of the Women of the Word Ministry of Christ the Word Church. It includes our blog called Planted, great content. It includes our mom-to-mom ministry for mothers. It includes our Regarding Him conference. It happens yearly in March. And of course, it includes this podcast, Unshaken. There's so much good content you are going to want to follow, so do it today. That will be in our show notes each and every week. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast directory. It helps us out, but it also helps you out because you get notification of new episodes that drop each and every Thursday. You can also reach out to me at unshakenpsalm622 at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you if you have ideas, suggestions, or even thoughts about an episode that you heard. Finally, as you know, Unshaken is a podcast for women, put on by women, and our goal is to encourage and challenge and point women to Jesus Christ. And as you know, with Jesus, we can be unshaken no matter our circumstances. Hey, let's head into today's episode. Do you ever wish that you had a different house or a different kitchen? Do you ever wish that you had a different job or maybe had someone else's job? Do you ever wish that you had a different body? Okay, come on now. I'm pretty sure every woman can answer yes to a do you wish question. The truth is we all struggle with discontentment. I know I do at times. That's why this May we're going to focus on learning contentment on the Unshaken Book Chats. Erica Simpson and I are back. We're going to be discussing each chapter in the book Learning Contentment by Nancy Wilson on these episodes. You can grab that book at your favorite online bookstore, read a few chapters, and get ready to hear us as we talk through how we are learning how to be content. Join us in May for this series, Learning and Living Contentment. All right, well, welcome today to our episode. I want to introduce to you Cheryl Bailey. Many of you know her because we actually just listened to a talk she gave last week on the episode. Cheryl, I'm glad you're here with us today. It's nice to be here. It's really good to have you back. Um, We've also talked with you multiple times about many different things, um, but I'm glad to have you on because we're going to talk today about some really important things. Um, Hey, ladies, if you did not go back and listen to last week's episode, I want to encourage you to stop the episode today and head back to last week's episode because it will be important to have listened to that first because today we're actually doing kind of a follow-up interview, um, talking with Cheryl about some of the things she talked about in the episode last week. So um, make sure that you head back and do that. All right, now before we jump into today's episode, Cheryl, I I love, I've been recipe planning, I've got my books all out <laughs> on my, my desk, I've been thinking about what I can make. So um, what is one of your best fast meals? Like, uh, you know, the one you could make right now, you know, off the top of your head. Uh, well, I would say my family's favorite meal, I'm more of a home cooking type lady, uh, is roast beef, mashed potatoes, and gravy. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. A, old, a normal pot roast, and you you take cream of chicken soup, a couple bouillon cubes, a package of Lipton onion soup mix, mix it together, dump it over your roast, let it cook, it makes its own gravy. So mm-hmm. you pull it out, you've got your roast beef, just make up mashed potatoes, and you've got a great meal. 
That sounds wonderful. So yes. am I coming over tomorrow night or tonight? <laughs> Which night, right? Uh, yeah. Um, actually, I love the onion soup mix concept. I use that in actually quite a few things. Yeah. Those little packets. Yes, the little packets. so good. Mm -hmm. And I particularly like the ones from Aldi. Well, I usually make this roast beef recipe doubled or oh, yeah. tripled. And then I take the same pan I made the roast in. I shred up the leftover roast beef, pour the gravy over it, put corn and green beans over top of that and put the leftover mashed potatoes on top and I've got shepherd's pie that yes. I just put in the refrigerator and throw in the oven four or five days later and I've got a second meal wow. that I don't didn't have yeah. to do anything but clean up my first meal. Yeah, I do love that. Double. So. Actually, I have a cookbook that says cook once, eat twice. Oh, nice. Because it's the I same like concept. Yeah. Yeah. I would like cook once, eat 14. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Many days, right? Yeah. Um, unlike my, my dad, I love my dad, but he was the cook in our house. He did a lot of mm -hmm. the cooking and he would cook this on Sunday, this gigantic thing of chili. And his concept was he cooked it and we ate it all week. So yeah. I'm not into that. Okay. Well, that's like, what happens when your kids leave the home. Yes. yes <laughs> You've so got to change your cooking patterns yes. or you eat all week on one oh, thing. That is so true. Okay. All right. All right, well, let's just um, take a minute and recap last week's episode. So the title of last week's episode is The Worthy Walk. And it actually is from Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. And it says, I, therefore, a prisoner of, for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Um, I actually thought there were three things from last week's episode that were impactful to me that you talked about. One was the importance of reading your Bible. I don't mm -hmm. know how many times that we've talked about that on the podcast. Like Probably every a lot. Week. <laughs> Very foundational. Um, yeah, but this is just really an important part of being a follower of Christ and walking in the way God calls us. Um, we have to know which way to walk, and the mm -hmm. Bible is so good at telling us the direction. Um, you also referenced chewing your cud. Now, you weren't talking about a cow. Um, but I am a farm girl, so I appreciated that <laughs> illustration. Um, but the idea that we shouldn't just be reading the Bible, but we have to meditate on it because mm -hmm. that means we're like thinking about it all day long. We're trying to figure out how it applies in our life. So what are we doing when we drive our kids to school, you know, or driving our, our doing our dishes? Yeah, or, we have a lot of time that we can just think. Yeah, and that's a good time to do mm -hmm. that. Um, and you also lastly talked about obedience, that obedience is really, to God, is vital in walking in the way he calls us. And the Bible tells us that, we need to obey because it's better than sacrifice. And that was something you emphasized over and over in your talk. We need to obey God in what he calls us to do, no matter what it is. So um, today we're actually, did I do a good job? Yep. Covering all yep. that stuff? Okay. Yep, you did. Um, it's just, a, like I said earlier, make sure you go back and listen because I did not really do it justice in all of it. It was like quick three points. <laughs> oh, no, that was okay. good. Okay, so today what I really wanted to talk with you about is marriage. Um, you actually talked a bit about it in your talk that you shared, and I just think we could talk more in depth today. So let's just go all the way back. Just tell us a little bit about how you and your husband, David, first met. You know, tell me your love story. It's like a Hallmark mo moment right now. <laughs> all the gooey stuff, you know, your favorite dates, how David proposed, your wedding. I'll grab my popcorn and my diet soda. Okay? All right. Are you ready? All right. <laughs> yeah. So I graduated from college in... Uh, 86 and oh that's a long time ago and <laughs> I will I, tell you where I was in 86 <laughs> sixth, sixth grade by the way <laughs> I I moved back to take a job where my parents had moved while I was in college so it was an unfamiliar area my brother was living in the area as well and so I started going to church with my brother um, they had a big singles ministry nice. and so I met David right off the bat um, he 
he asked me out for breakfast. And my brother then told me, oh, David has a lot of girls that oh. like him. So don't be thinking he's going to ask you out again. Okay. I was like, fine, that's, that's fine. Anyway, he did ask me out again. And we started dating, very creative date planner. Okay, um, he is. David was a very yes. creative date planner, yes. We went on a lot of dates that were fun, into the city, doing a lot of, we, we were in Chicago area. Nice. Um, so um, just fun, fun experiences. Um, we dated for a year and then we got engaged and that was kind of fun. He woke me up in the middle of the night. Oh. I, I, it was two days before Christmas and I hear this, you know, on my window and I, in a second floor house. Oh my goodness. And I, I wake up and there David is staring in the window with holding big sparklers oh. and grinning. And he says, get up. So I got up and I, I, you know, I had pajamas on, but I went into the bathroom and changed my clothes. And then I'm like, okay, I'll go down the front door. And he's like, no, no, out here. Oh. So I had to climb out the window and climb oh, down the ladder. And he had hot chocolate and we took a walk down about a half mile like, away. Like what time are we talking? Um, it was 2.38. Okay. So, <laughs> and we get down um, to about a half mile away. There's a little creek. And he said, let's go down and look at the creek. There's snow all over the oh, ground. It's in the middle of winter. It's probably beautiful. And he, he has a ring is dangling from a tree. Oh my goodness. Now, and so then he proposed, you know, and my brother said, oh, if I would have known there was a tree, a ring hanging from the tree, I would have got it and snatched it. I was going to say, that is, I guess in the middle of the night you can do that. But yes. during the day, maybe yes. not so much. Yes, but. he didn't know. Um, so what did you say? Well, I said, yes, clearly, okay. you know, <laughs> yes, I, I, my job took me, um, to a town just past where he lived. And so I remember frequently just taking a little detour when I had to go to this other town mm -hmm. and pass by his house, you know, because when you're dating, your oh. heart beats yeah. faster. And Just passing his house was yes. amazing. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Well, that's a fun story. Um, it's always good to start there because, you know, when marriages start, they usually start in that kind mm -hmm. of a concept. Like it's just fun and flowers yes. and fluff and cotton candy mm -hmm. at the beginning. And Till you get into it a little bit, right? And then right. maybe things... Gets you know, a little harder. Yeah. Okay, I think every young woman listening, or every, I should say this, I think every woman listening had, if they're married, had big expectations as how they were going to head into marriage. Often they're because of the world around us. Maybe it's watching our parents' marriage or another person we respect or how they do marriage. Or maybe it's just we read a novel and we think marriages look like what's in the novel. Or we watch a TV show and we think that's how they're supposed to be. And it's really interesting how our culture affects our expectations. So, Cheryl, what were some of your expectations going into marriage? And did your expectations actually meet reality? Well, my mom was sick from about the time I was in third grade, pretty much through the rest of my growing up years. So in, in many ways, I didn't see a typical marriage. Um, I did learn very early in life, though, that observation was good. Hmm. and that I could learn a lot of things by watching people. Hmm. And that has actually been something that has helped me my entire life. Um, and so I, I identified people at our church that I thought had good marriages, and I watched them to hmm. see how they interacted, what they did, um, because I knew that this was somewhat of a struggle for me. Now, I grew up in a church, and yet, honestly, 
I don't ever remember hearing the word submission. Ooh. I don't remember hearing about respecting a husband. That does not mean it wasn't said. Maybe I didn't hear it, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I don't know that I always was listening. But <laughs> I don't remember hearing that. But I knew in my head I needed a strong husband because I knew I would run over him if I didn't have somebody that was going to be strong. I think that was just something that God helped me to know um, because there's really no reason why I should have known that. Hmm. Wow, it's crazy. Here we are in, in an episode on marriage and you're bringing up the S word <laughs> already. <Sorry. laughs> you know, if you're listening and you are thinking, uh, no way, I do not want to talk about submission. I just want to encourage you to hang in there. We have a lot of good things to talk about and uh, to talk about today. And actually the S word, which is submission, is not actually a bad word. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure we'll talk more about this as we go on. And if you want to know more about that, head over to our Feminology podcast episodes that drop the first of each month. We've talked a lot about that as we've talked about what a woman is supposed to be, what God calls them to be. Okay, so I will agree with you, Cheryl. I never heard about submission mm-hmm. either. Um I think, you know, maybe I was deaf to it, but I don't even really remember it ever being a part of my growing up years. Yeah. Um, In fact, at one point I remember talking with my mom and she said, I don't remember ever learning it. Like Mm -hmm. she, no one was pushing this in the churches. Um, I do remember looking at people's marriages, even when I was in junior high and high school and thinking, oh, they seem to really love each other. And I observed them. And I think that is really a wise thing you said to be watching. Mm -hmm. We can learn a lot from other people. Well, even with having a mom that was sick, when I had a daughter, um, I thought, how do I raise a daughter? Mm-hmm. I don't know how to do that. I feel like I still need a mother in some ways. Mm-hmm. How am I ever going to raise a daughter? And yet observation and just looking at people really helped me in parenting also. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's the best way I've learned mm-hmm. how to be a parent in general is by watching people yeah. beyond me and see what they do. So, mm-hmm. Okay, so did you have children right away? And how did those play out in the early years of your marriage? Um, we got married and in October and we moved, nope, I'm sorry, we got married in July and we moved to Ohio in October. Prior to our move, I had been a social worker in Chicago um, working in foster care. And most, most social work places want you to commit to a certain number of years. So when I moved and had to switch jobs, um, I did apply for some social work jobs but because of that, we decided, no, I'm not going to commit to yeah. two or three years. So we ended up getting pregnant about six months after we had okay. been married. And so, yes, we did have children fairly quickly after yeah. marriage. Well, probably those agencies wanted you to carry through cases. Yes, they, and so I, that's totally sense. understandable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's, so you decided, um, hey, so you got pregnant. Yeah. Now, now I'm going to be a mom. Now, habits are really interesting, how they form. I don't know if you have some habits, Cheryl, but I do. Oftentimes we realize... Only good ones. Oh, of course, yes. (laughs) Um, Sometimes we realize that we're forming a habit, or I'm sorry, we don't even realize we're forming a habit, but we really are. For example, one of my most common habits is to get up in the morning and I make myself a cup of coffee, a little bit of creamer, and I sit down with my Bible in my fuzzy red robe, and i that's how I start my day, every Mm -hmm. single day. Well, I do the same thing except for no fuzzy red robe and a bowl of Lucky Charms. Okay, no there coffee. we go. See, it's, they're all good, right? right? These habits are all good. <laughs> okay, but I didn't realize what a habit that was and all the things that went with it until I had to do an eight-hour fast. 
And so I did that overnight, obviously, and I had to go in and get blood work done as soon as the place opened at 8 a.m. Could these places not open at 7? That would help me out. But anyway, so I did that and realized, wow, I missed my coffee. And it just, everything felt out of order um, that morning. So I'm guessing there's probably some habits that we form in marriage. So what are some habits that you formed early in your marriage? You know, like we said, maybe some of them were good and maybe some of them were not so good. And how did these affect your marriage then? Um, I think some good habits, we both came from homes, well, I came from a home, like I said, with my mom being ill, so we didn't have a lot of people into our house. David's mom had people over. Mm. I loved having people over, and so that was something I wanted to do. So that was right off the bat, yes, we both, we had a habit of showing hospitality to people. Um, both of us had grown up seeing the, the United States oh. and going on vacation. That was a habit and something that we viewed as valuable. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, every year we would go on vacation. Great. Now, um, those are some positive things, but yes, it is very easy to fall into bad habits. Um, when we moved, our income dropped really dramatically. Well, you from, were, you were I was working, working and yeah. David was working and moving to a, a place as a pastor and really getting a much smaller income became hard. I dealt with the finances, like I was the person in charge of them okay. in our home, time. in our yep. marriage. And I am thrifty and frugal. And so that was easy for me. And yet um, there was good things about David. He was more of a spender, but he was also more generous and willing mm. to give. So that, that Causes, yeah. need for watching our spending because we didn't have much of an income and my being thrifty and wanting to created a habit some bad habits in our marriage and that created conflict yeah um and that's probably something relatively common for most marriages finances are a big part of conflict in marriages for sure yes i would say another one um was i came from a home where everything was kind of brushed under the rug there was clearly conflicts but it was never dealt with. Yeah. David came from a home that was loud and abruptive type okay. conflict. <laughs> I remember the first time, it was actually prior to our getting married, his family had gone on vacation out to the ocean and I had gone along and he and his sister got into an argument mm. about something that was real. You know, yeah. It was a, a biblical issue, but it went on for about three hours and there was a lot of yelling and noise. Okay. And I yes. sat opposite the door out of the house and all I wanted to do was escape that house. Yes. I had no idea what to do with this kind of situation. Yeah. However, I did see their family also resolve conflict mm-hmm. and show love to one another, which mm-hmm. I felt was good. Well, and I think it's interesting what you just said because conflict doesn't mean you always have to yell. Right. You don't have to yell and be angry and sometimes in my mind, I view conflict like that. So mm-hmm. conflict can be a, a dis- you just have to bring it out and talk about it, right? Yes. Whatever the issue is. Yes. So and- I actually have have grown, you know, in all of these years, to recognize conflict is good. It's necessary, but we don't have to have sinful conflict. Right. Right. We can have conflict that is productive and mm-hmm. not sinful. I think it's interesting how families um, grow up differently. Like mm-hmm. couples, they really do. They have different homes. I, I just remember. A very specific time my first Christmas with my husband well I was actually engaged and it was so crazy to me how different our Christmases were and just such a simple thing as 
how they handed out gifts. So like in my husband's family, they handed out gifts. Everybody got their gifts. You had like a stack. And I was just engaged. I, had, I don't even know if I was engaged. I think I was. So I had a gift, you know. And I, in my family, you get a gift and someone gives it to you, you open it. Mm-hmm. So what did I do? Started to open it, you know. And Bill's like, no, 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 you have to wait. I'm like, oh. So I put it underneath the chair. <laughs> no big deal. Nobody yes. even cared. But that's just a simple thing about how different. Oh, yes. I had big plans for our first Christmas, too. Oh. And they didn't come no. out the way I had no. anticipated. Isn't that so true, right? <laughs> yep. Okay, so this is kind of where we're getting into some of the nitty-gritty of marriage because you start out, like we talked earlier, you know, it's the cotton candy, bubblegum feel of, you know, the Lucky Charms feel right. of marriage is the yeah. beginning. And oftentimes a few years in and, you know, and then all of a sudden things start to get real. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe 10 years in, I don't know, it could be two years in. I mean, it could be a month Well, actually, in, it was about 10 days in, they got real for us. Oh, okay. <laughs> what happened 10 days in? Even on our honeymoon, I remember having a conflict. I don't remember what it was about, okay. but I remember having a big fight, yeah. well, even on our honeymoon. But okay. yes, I agree. A 10-year mark is an, a, a big yep. point in a marriage. So how did you and your husband deal with this kind of marriage, this spot in marriage, you know, the nitty gritty of yeah. it. You're raising kids, you're both, you know, he's working full time, all those things. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, those bad habits that you form um, may not be as intrusive in the beginning, but over time they become more and more a part of who you both are. Mm. You develop responses and that actually hinders communication. Yeah. Um, you know, so I could say, hey, you spent money here and immediately David would be defensive. Sure. And vice versa, something about me. Um, Those bad habits oftentimes make me not communicate well or not Mm. think about the other person's perspective. I'm only thinking about my perspective. Mm -hmm. So over those first years, I think um, we became closed off to each other in some ways that were really not Mm. good. Um, because of the the habits and and in some of the ways I even think we became hostile to one another. Hmm. I would say it was probably about the 10 year mark that my mother-in-law said to me that my relationship with David was adversarial. Ooh, ouch. Yes, <laughs> this was a cra- courageous statement for her to make um, and I'm thankful for her courage because God used those words to help me to think about my own sinfulness within our marriage. And I decided that if the area of conflict um, did not have eternal significance that I was going to to try to not fight and argue about it. Hmm. Um, that I, I for sure wasn't perfect in this. I fought about things that did not have eternal significance, but it made me realize, okay, being adversarial means I'm against the person. Yeah. There was a hostility in that that I knew wasn't good and I didn't want that. I knew that that was not how God designed marriage to be. Right. So I really did seek God to help me um, to think, okay, is this a battle that that has eternal significance mm-hmm. or is it just about what I want or my rights or what I think mm-hmm. is good right now? And there are things that have eternal significance that need to right. I needed to have conflict over. Yeah. Um, but we had got to the point that we had conflict about everything you know and so this was a beginning step in helping Mm -hmm. me to change right so that's a really good application is to ask ourselves that as wives particularly because we're talking to women you know like is this something is this a conflict that i need to jump into that has eternal 
consequences, you yeah. know, or, or is it value? Maybe yes. is the better word. I think that's really important. I, I was thinking as you talked, you know, your mother-in-law, God bless her, that was very, very wise and also, as you said, courageous Yeah. to speak to you in that way. My husband was a band teacher for years, and one of the things he did is at one point he was having trouble getting his band to sound right. And um, another band director said, well, you just videotape yourself. And so my husband set up a video recorder in the back of the room and videotaped himself and was completely shocked <laughs> at how he was responding to kids. He said, oh, I see what the problem is. I'm not, I'm not doing this like a teacher would. I'm getting, he was getting kind of frustrated, yeah. maybe a little angry here and there because, and so it was super helpful. So your mother-in-law was kind of your video recorder. Yes, yes. And I know that that was probably very hard for her to say. Yes. Um, and I'm grateful that God gave me a soft heart to listen to her words yeah. because either of those things could have kept if yep. she wouldn't have been willing to say it or if I just responded defensively and said, well, that's not me. It's all his fault. Right. You know, that would have kept me from changing. Yeah. And there would be no change. No growth. Right. That's good. That's good. Um, what happened when your kids, um, so your kids grew mm -hmm. 10 years in, now you got five, 10 years later, you know, your kids are growing up and they're moving out of the house. So yes. what happens now? I'm, this is where I'm at. I mean, yeah. I have an 11 year old, but I have two kids out of the house <clears throat> and who knows in the next five years, I'll probably have two more. Yeah. You know. So by the 10 year mark, that was, uh, my kids have a 10 years between the, the five kids. So by the 10 year mark, I was at mm, about a newborn to a 10 year old. Um, so they were still at the home. Um, it didn't happen overnight. You know, your kids hit high school and they're actually starting to become out of your yes, house. they are. Even though yeah. they're presently sleeping there, they're yeah. not home a lot. Um, actually, the kids moving out was something that I was afraid of. Um, you were afraid of something? Yes. I know, Julie, <laughs> that that's hard for you to think because I am not afraid of much. But I was fearful of the kids leaving. Mm. Um I knew that our marriage was pretty rocky, and I thought, what is going to happen when right. there's no kids that, that act as a buffer in our home? Yeah. No kids that take up our communication, you know, that, yeah. that the focus moves yeah. from that. And I, that was really frightening to me. And honestly, I know a lot of family, couples that end up divorcing when their kids move yes. out. And they just kind of go their separate ways. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's true because they haven't built anything. And honestly... The, the role of pastor and family was an area that God did build in our home hmm. that was good. So we had a lot of negatives, but, but yeah. our desire to serve God in his church yeah. and to care for people and yeah. be shepherd, shepherding them and caring for their needs um, did bring our family together. So. Yeah in a way that I think was really positive. Yeah, because instead of having children in your home, you had Others. people you were shepherding, yes. and that is good. Yes. And that you don't have to be a pastor to do that. No, you don't. But it is a, a benefit. Yeah. And I imagine that your marriage was, um, your relationship because of being a pastor and a pastor's wife also brought things. Yes. Oh, you know? and that, that could be a whole nother I'm episode. Sure it could, but it's just too good to, to <laughs> yes. recognize. Yes, we could probably do a whole series for pastor's yes, wives. we, we should. <laughs> All right, okay. Um, now, last week, we listened to your talk that you gave on walking the worthy walk. And I already mm -hmm. re, re, you know, told us a little bit, recapped it a little bit. Um, and you talked specifically about this trip you went to Europe and a big conflict that actually brought out a bunch of issues in your marriage. And I think this was an important conflict. So, mm -hmm. so tell me more about that and how did it actually spur the change 
that has happened. Okay. So I probably need to back up a little bit and tell you a few more facts. My mother-in-law um, telling me that my relationship with David was adversarial was really a beginning step. But I also had some other steps that God provided along the way. And I'm going to tell you a few of these just because I think that background will give you a better understanding of our conflict okay. then. Um, so we had planned uh, this trip to Europe when our two youngest kids um, were high school, just a ninth grader and just going to an 11th grade, I think. Um, but David had gotten sick and we were not able to go on that trip. Mm. So instead, I asked a friend if, who owned a house in Hilton Head if we could maybe go there um, for that two and a half weeks while David recuperated. And they said, oh, sure. So I hadn't planned for this trip. A friend gave me a couple little books. Okay. And so basically, I had with me my Bible, uh, a commentary on the book of Mark, and this little book called Humility. And David pretty much was in bed the whole time mm. we were there. I would wake up at six, give him his certain medicines that he had to take at that time. Then I would read the Bible, read this little book on humility, and take long bike rides and pray, really all day. I would mm. come back, I would wow. check on David, I would, you know, I would yep. give him his food and his medicines, but he was pretty much sleeping. And the house had two, mammoth, like wall-sized TVs, and oh, a wow. whole room full of DVDs. Now, we were in Hilton Head, you know, but my kids who grew up without a TV... Oh, they were pretty excited. ...were very attached to these TVs. <laughs> so, so basically, for two and a half weeks, I read my Bible, I read this book on the commentary of Mark, and was writing down questions about... Uh, I was kind of working on a Bible study, and I read this little book on humility, and that really changed my life. Mm. The book on humility changed my life. And I have, have brought it up to a lot of people. It's called Humility by C.J. Mahaney. Mm. Um, and it had very practical helps um, about how to depend on God, how to trust Him. And I began praying in the mornings before I got out of bed that God would help me to depend on Him for the specific things that I had that day. And I named the specific things. That was one of my takeaways. Another takeaway was God is at work in people. Mm. And if they are a believer, you will see evidence of the Holy Spirit in their life. Mm -hmm. And it made me change my focus to begin, instead of being so critical, to look for ways that God is working, even in David, mm. even within our marriage. Yeah. Um, and really that vacation changed my life. And I know you may think I'm exaggerating, but I am not. <laughs> I would... I like to travel. I would not change that mm. time to go anywhere in the world. That was exactly. that impactful in my life. Wow. Um, so that was one step that God used. Okay, uh, can I stop you for yeah. a minute? Mm -hmm. You know, um, you mentioned this book, Humility by mm -hmm. C.J. Mahaney, and we're going to put that in our show notes mm -hmm. because I think um, you're not the only person in my life recently who told me about this book. It's actually sitting on my on my desk. It's because, because I tell everybody about yes, the book. Yes, that's quite true. And so then they're like, Cheryl told us now. But uh, next week, actually, um, just giving everybody a little heads up, a little commercial break. Yeah. Okay. Next week, we are actually going to talk about this book in our podcast. 
So I'm interviewing somebody who's going to talk about how impactful this book was to her. Oh, great. So it's interesting. I was not, I did not plan these, just so you know. This is just how God works. So it's, it is, it is helpful. And I I appreciate that you're sharing that you wouldn't change that those weeks, Mm -hmm. because I think that's so important that we see God at work, even when things don't look like we want them to look. Yeah. It, It was so impactful in my life. Um, a few months later, um, I came to another step, I would say, in this process. And I knew for years David had had made side comments about head coverings. Okay. And I easily brushed them off. You know, I'm pretty submissive. I do what David right. says. He's never really come out and directly told me I needed to wear a head covering. You know, is that really for today? It doesn't look like it. Couldn't it be cultural? You know, I had all these thoughts sure. in my head. Sure. Well, a couple months later, after this time in the Hil- in Hilton Head, I I began thinking about this, and God began saying to me, "Well, maybe you should wear a head covering, mm. even if you don't necessarily believe it's right. right. You are to honor your husband." Mm-hmm. And I resisted for a while. I don't like drawing attention myself. I don't like, you know, I think, oh, you know, what, all kinds of thoughts going in my mind, you know, and yet I couldn't shake that thinking. And knowing that, yes, maybe David hasn't come out and directly said, I want you to do this, but it was clear he did want me to do that. So I began wearing a head covering and that was hard. Um, And yet... I felt like that was an obedience to what God had told me to do. Right. I, I just wanted to put a little caveat in here that um, we all have different things that our husbands are asking us to mm-hmm. do. And, you know, there it's really important, as you said, we're just not really obeying our husbands or, or respecting them by following their lead yeah. or doing what they've asked us to do and submitting. We're actually doing it to God. Yeah. Which I think is what you've yes. been saying. Like, this is important yes. to remember. Yeah, so then probably a final step um, was a conversation I had with my brother-in-law, Tim, about now almost a year has passed and we're getting ready to take the trip to Europe now. Okay, because you couldn't. Because we couldn't a year ago. So we're a couple months out from actually going on the trip. And my brother-in-law was in town visiting and David had was gone um, and Tim was getting ready to leave, but we were sitting finishing up breakfast and we were talking and he said to me, you know, you're never honest with David. Now, I knew that was true. Ouch, again. Yes. Let me just say that. And and I knew it was true yeah. partly because I feared the conflict. I feared David's very smart. I never felt like I could win an argument mm. ver- with words. Yeah. Um, and, and I was fearful of being honest, mm-hmm. of really sharing who I was. Now, that's not good. You know, we're 23... Right. 23 years into marriage at this point. Yeah. And yet I knew his words of you're not really honest with David was truthful. Um, so so now two months pass and we're ready to leave. We go on our trip. We're going to be gone for a month, 33 days. Oh my, wow. Now I have booked, booked out the trip. Yeah. We went to Eastern Europe and to Greece. Um, we went to a lot of things, saw, I planned had done a lot of work, um, planned all these hotels. It's hard to find hotels, especially in kind of remote little areas, yes. you know, that are going to be nice. And this is pre-COVID because now yes. after COVID, everything looks different, right, doesn't right. it? So, yes. But, but so 
so we are 28 days into our trip. Okay. It's gone well. Oh. I had asked a few ladies before we left if they would pray for me for a few, a few specific things. Um, one was money, that if yeah. David wanted to spend money, I wouldn't make a big deal about it. You know, that habit is still yeah. a habit. It's yeah. hard to, to kill it. Um, another was that I would show physical affection to David, that I would not walk ahead of him, but I would walk beside him, that I'd right. hold his hand, you know, yeah. yep. um, and a couple other things. And those are super practical things. Yes, and I said, will you pray for me for these things on this trip? I really want and desire that. So we're about 28 days into our trip, and we arrive in the town of Delphi, Greece, and it's kind of a tourist trap. Oh. Like if you think of a touristy town, yeah. it's very small, crowded with people, and our hotel was pretty rough. Oh, now, what a downer. <laughs> yes, now we had four kids and we, you know, a month is a long time, so we didn't eat out. You had four kids with I'm you? I'm sorry, we had four people with us. Oh, okay, I was sorry. like, wow, I two, thought this was two. Yes, we had so. two kids with us, four people, and so we, we didn't really have the finances to eat out every night. Yeah. So I had said to David right off the bat, do you want to just go on and go to Athens, which was our next stop? Okay. We don't have to stay here. And he said, well, we already paid for the hotel, so we'll, we should stay here. Yeah. Now, I know he was saying that because he thought I would be angry if we uh, wasted the money on another night. habits coming yes. back into play. And I said, no, seriously, if you want to go on, I'm happy to go on. And I was really being honest. Like, I really was being truthful. And he said, no. And so we ended up staying. And I said, we were walking around the town. And I said, do you want to go out to eat? Or do you want me to get some food and we can make it in the room? And he said, no, let's make the food in the room. And when we get to Athens, we'll go out to eat those our last three nights. I said, okay. So we got food. All during dinner, like you could cut the tension in the room oh. with a knife. The kids wanted, it was kind of like my my 25 years earlier going yes. on vacation with David. The kids yes. wanted to escape that room as yes. quickly as they could. Yes. You know, I didn't know what to do. We ate yeah. and basically silenced. The kids left the room. And I said, I, I don't know what to do. I ask you, I said, we could go on. Right. I ask you what you want to eat. You're just angry. Yeah. I said, honestly, you live in passive aggressiveness. You like to have conflict. You want to think the worst of me, you know. And I had remembered Tim's words that you're never honest. And I thought, you know what? All right, I'll be honest. Okay. I I know clearly that I sin, and yet I in this situation I really had tried very hard to do what David yes. wanted. And and yet he was just angry and mad, yeah. you know? And so I said, you're passive aggressive, you know? It it is hard for people to deal with you. You don't know whether you're you're gonna get angry or whether you're gonna be happy. Okay. You just don't know. <clears throat> it's very hard. And I was really honest and he didn't like it. And <laughs> we had a fight, a, although it probably wasn't the type of fight that we'd had in the past that was super yelling or anything okay. like that. And after probably an hour, he said, all right, we're gonna go find the kids and we're gonna go get some ice cream. And so we did. We fin you know, we slept the night there. We didn't have a lot. And then we got to Athens. And at some point there, he said, we're gonna start praying together hmm. every day. And I thought, oh yeah, we've tried this before. You know, that won't happen. It'll happen it'll, for a few weeks, weeks but yes. then, you know, it'll, it'll fade just like any other thing we've tried. And so we finished out our trip. It was fine. We get home 
and and we had begun to pray every day together and you know two weeks passed we still were okay. praying three weeks passed four weeks passed wow. and some of you know at certain points you know i would see this kind of angry passive aggressive behavior come out and i'd think okay here we're going back to it and then he'd say i'm sorry hmm. i i should have not got angry at you i i see where i was wrong wow and i thought hmm you know and in my mind i'm still thinking okay this is is this really a change right. is this really going to long, in the long, a long haul yeah. yes <clears throat> but we kept praying and and God was softening both our hearts. And one plug to praying every day is it's very hard to have conflict if you pray every day. Now, you can say, yes, I pray with my husband. But if you are not consistent to pray every single day, then you have conflict. You just don't pray that day. Right. You know? But right. if, you're con if you're saying, I'm going to pray every day, yeah. you actually learn to deal with conflict yep. quicker. Because it's very hypocritical to come to God in prayer yeah. when you know you can't stand your husband. Right. I so, that. so time passes and we did keep praying. Both of us became much more soft to our sin. Hmm. And honestly, I, I believe God just did a miracle. Hmm. Like really, I feel like God miraculously changed both yes. of us yeah. in, in our willingness to um, fight sin. And it's interesting, probably... Nine months later, David said, do you know why I changed? Do you know why I listened to you that night? And I said, yeah. And we'd never talked about this. Okay. And I said, yeah. And he said, why? And I said, because I was willing to wear a head covering. And he said, yes. Huh. When you did that, I thought, hmm, I know she's doing that for me. Mm. And then when you brought that up, it made me say, she did that for me. And she didn't want to. I know she's right. Mm. I need to change. Wow. And so that that was really kind of miraculous. You yes. know, you think you can look back at steps along the way mm -hmm. in your life and you don't necessarily think that they're more than a step, but God can use yep. them in ways that you really have no yeah. understanding yeah. of how God will, will bring change. Right. Like when you're talking about your timeline, God places the dots there for each of yeah. those events, but he also connects the dots. Yes. To make your timeline go all yes. the way through or, you know, and I think that's super important to look back. And I love out of what you just shared some things. Number one, you shared there was issues on both sides. Now, mm -hmm. we're not here to say you are here, you tried to fix your husband, yeah. right? No. Nope. Because we can't fix our husbands. And some women listening might have husbands who honestly have never said they're sorry or may never do that. But mm -hmm. what you did, Cheryl, what you shared is you worked on what God was doing in your heart. Mm -hmm. And that's where it began. And I think that's really important that we as women be looking at ourselves yeah. and our heart and think, where are we sinning against our husband? Where are we sinning against God in our marriage? Super easy to think it's all our husbands. Yes. And they are sinners. Yes. We all can attest to that. But the only thing we can work on is ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I think as we seek to ask God, how do I need to change? Where do I need to, what do I need to do differently? Yeah that is impactful you know yep. um peter says as the wife to live before your husband in yep. a in a way that glorifies god and honors him and yep. 
and God works in the husband. So, and, and I think one thing too is you started with one thing. Like you didn't go, I'm going to change tomorrow and be yeah. this different person. I'm going to start with one thing mm-hmm. and then moving to the second thing. And I think each time we do those obedience to God, it gets yeah. easier. Well, and it's actually, it wasn't necessarily like I had this light bulb go off. It was yeah. really God using other people. Yes. God softening my heart yes. to something. God using a book. You know, it was little things along the, the way that God used to change me. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so how is your marriage now? Are you all done? Is everything good? A-okay? Uh, well, we, we still have some conflict. I've learned that conflict is good, like I said, that that it's it's right. We both are strong. We're both stubborn. Both David and I are strong and stubborn. Now, don't put that in the, the podcast. I don't want it out there. Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but, but, but I've learned... I probably could have guessed that. But. <laughs> but I've learned that in the midst of the conflict, we actually come out with something better. Yes. You know, and... I've learned to listen to David yeah. in a way that I didn't before. That before it was all about, well, I have the right plan. Yeah. I have the right thing to say. Yeah. And that kept me from listening to yeah. him. What does he want? You know, I look back and I think, okay, there's lots of ways I was hard to live with, that yeah. I sinned, that I wish that I would have done things differently. And yet I have to say, okay, this is the path that God had for mm-hmm. us. And so now I do try to help young couples who are in marriage mm-hmm. early in their marriage yeah. to say, hey, have conflict. Yeah. Don't don't be sinful in it, but but yeah. realize that conflict can be good. And, and you know? I just wanted to repeat again, conflict isn't necessarily yelling at each other. Right. In my mind, yeah. I think conflict is, you know, two people just yelling and yeah. screaming. That's actually sinful yes. conflict. Yes. We can have conflict where we talk like um, you know, maybe we just have a good conversation and maybe it's scheduling some time to talk about something yeah. because especially if you have a busy life, yeah. sometimes you have to say, I mean, I do that with my husband. Can we sit down and talk about this tonight? Because I need to talk with you about this and set it aside for that few yes. hours. I just think it's good to remember that conflict, yes. sin can get into that conflict for sure. Well, and sometimes like the home I grew up in where it was kind of brushed under the yes. rug, we think, well, if we don't that's deal the with other it, side of it, we don't really have conflict, but that's not true. You yeah. actually build up a lot of resentments yeah. and hurts and a lot of yeah. things that eventually explode. Yeah, so, either way, there's problems. Yes. So you have to keep in the middle where you're doing it in a godly way. Yeah. All right, Cheryl, that was great. I'm done with my Hallmark movie. I'm gonna put my popcorn <laughs> down, right? Um, but now that I'm glad we were able to hear all of those things. Um, but honestly, everybody who is married really should never stop working on our marriage. I think you and I would mm-hmm. probably both agree. Yes. We, we never should stop praying for our well, husbands. And and we're probably 10, 10 years into praying. And I would say we pray almost every day over the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Like even when I have been on a trip away from my husband, you know, we'll call and pray on the yep. phone. We clearly have had some misses, but pretty much we Vital. have been very yep. consistent yep. in making this really a foundation. And um, I know there's a lot of people who don't pray together, but I have found that it has been it's very good. A, a great tool that God gives us yeah. um, for a whole bunch of things. Yeah. So never stop praying for your husband or together. Yes. And never stop communicating or mm-hmm. never stop saying you're sorry. Like there's a lot of yes. things we should be doing. Well, and, and keeping a heart that's soft towards yes. God. And, you know, when you read the Bible, don't resist when the Holy Spirit's prompting you. Because yeah. if you keep resisting, pretty soon it won't prompt you yes, anymore. That's right. Um, I'm always encouraged when I'm in like a Bible study and someone who's a little farther along in marriage shares something with me like, or shares like, 
I need prayer that I would be respectful to my husband. Yeah. I actually think that's so helpful Mm -hmm. because I think it helps me realize we never arrive at a perfect marriage. Mm -hmm. And maybe the particulars about it change, but it's something we're always working on. And I'm pretty sure you'll agree with me that this is never something that we just move on. Right. No. So I think it's good to remember that. Um, But I do have a couple more questions for you about marriage in general. Yeah. Um, Because I think there's some things that we really didn't talk about, but are more specific. So. Mm Um, I do want to ask, because I ask this every episode, what does mm-hmm. the Bible say about marriage? Well, clearly the Bible says marriage is good and that God designed marriage. He wouldn't have used um, marriage as the picture of Christ and his church if mm-hmm. if he hadn't chosen marriage um, for us yeah. here. Um, and... And all through scripture, we see so many different marriages. Yes. Marriages that are bad, marriages yeah. that are good, marriages that, that where all different types of things take place. You know, I, I think about um, Ananias and Sapphira, who okay. was a picture of a bad marriage of Sapphira should have said no, you know, right. when, when asked by Peter, is this the price you paid? But she, right. she didn't. Um, I think about um, Abigail having a hard husband and yet mm-hmm. hearing what her husband said to David and say, no, we're not going to give you any food. And her saying, whoa, this is foolish and mm-hmm. stepping in, you know, that was a picture of a godly wife. Yeah. And, yes. and I like Priscilla and Aquila who, who fled Rome because of persecution and then were tent makers. And Paul came and worked alongside them for mm-hmm. a number of years. And what a, a picture of a, a godly couple who served God together. Yes. And I like that yeah. picture. Okay, so another example, I, I think in my marriage, um, we, we did have a lot of hard things. Mm. And I think that, like I said before, God let David and I have a real focus on ministry and caring for people that brought great things into our home. Um, so marriage began with Adam and Eve, and I think there's a, an important detail in this, the picture of Adam and Eve when they were created. Um, Genesis 2.24 says, That is why a man leaves his mother and father and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Hmm. And many marriages, mine included, do a lot of things that seek to separate what God has created to be joined together. Hmm. And we, we, this can be hard because yeah. we're, we're breaking apart what God has said. Marriage becomes one flesh and it's really kind of mysterious. I don't know how that happens, but we see it in godly Christian yeah. couples. And yet so many times we're adversarial, yeah. we're divisive, we're we're seeking to go against our husband. Yeah. We undermine him to the yeah. kids. And we, we may want, not even do that verbally. Yes. We might do it in our brain. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's true. And yet God says, I have created in marriage one flesh. That's why people get divorced because yeah. they think, oh, well, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But but that one flesh, that commitment to a marriage that's biblical um, is something that I think is good for, for all of us to think about and realize that God doesn't want us 
to try to create separations, but he wants us to work towards oneness. Yeah, that's good. That's a very good point for all women. A great application from the Bible and really from yeah. Genesis right yeah. away. That's good. Um, okay, what are some of the joys of marriage? Like, what are some things that are just great? Well, you know, like I said earlier, I was really afraid of what would happen in our older years, yeah. you know, when the kids have left the house. And basically, currently we have no kids living at home. Um, yet, yet our life is very full of grandkids, which is great. And that yes. really is a joy for David and I together to be yeah. able to see our kids raising up kids and to yep. participate in that. Yeah, um, I love that. That's fun. I'm looking forward to that. Yes, yes, you're soon. It's soon upon you. Um, another thing for David and I, we have we both like the outdoors, and so okay. we take a lot of walks, and we have learned to talk, mm -hmm. and that's something actually I never thought would happen, mm. and so that has been a, a fun, joyful thing to just you know uh, last year, it did it was the whole year round, winter and summer. We walked about five times a week. This year's been a little different. My husband's ankles have been acting up, but yeah. we take a lot of walks yeah. and just can talk. Yeah. Um, I remember having to write down one of my hobbies, and I wanted to write down talking. <laughs> I'm not sure that it's really a hobby, but for me, it feels I wonder like if it, it would be on Bill's list of hobbies. <laughs> I don't know, but that's funny. Yeah. Yes. I mean, walking sounds better. But yes. while you're walking, you're yes. talking, and yes. that's communication. And and we really have enjoyed, you know, that that trip, our trip to Europe was kind of our first adventure outside the country. Um, and we've learned to enjoy going to cheap places mm -hmm. um, that are unique and not very touristy, and that's yeah. been fun. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, because I actually, I think God, God has been good to show me um, some of the things that I was sinful in in our mm -hmm. early years of marriage that at the time I wouldn't have said they were sinful. Right. And sometimes now I'm embarrassed mm -hmm. by those things and I think, whoa, David saw all that. Yeah. And he could have just said, forget it. Right. But he didn't. Yeah. And that was a good thing. And it actually brings about great joy in yes. your marriage when you realize okay, this person knows me, yeah. all the bad, as well as the good, yep. and still wants to keep growing. And yep. God does keep growing us in, in love for one another. Yes, yeah, that's good. Like we're here for the long haul Yeah, all the way. I love that. Okay, so if I ask you the joys of marriage, you know my next question, right? <laughs> what Sorrows, yes. hard things? Or? <laughs> what are some of the hard things of marriage? Because sometimes we don't, you know, we need to think about those and know that that's actually common to some degree. Yeah. Not that it's all okay. Well, I think one of the hard things is you start and end with one person. Yes. You know. That can be a joy too. But it yes. can. Yes. Yes. Of course. You see these people who have been married 60 years and yes. they, they actually act like each other. You know? Yes. Yes. And, and there is great joy in that. But it's also hard. Yeah. You know, we, we live in an age where it's easy to discard things. Mm -hmm, and definitely. it's hard to keep plodding along. You may keep going through the same sins. Your husband may not change yeah. in some area that is really bothersome to you. Yeah. And yet you bear with him because mm -hmm. that's what love does. Yep. And so those things can be hard. Um, I, I think that it is, um, 
good for us to keep investing in our marriage in the midst of hard things. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's really hard. Yeah. You know, there are seasons where maybe you give a lot more than your husband. Yeah. And then there are seasons where maybe he's giving more than you. Yeah. But if you're in a season where maybe you feel like you're just giving and giving and he's not, it's hard to keep going. Yeah. And yet God calls us to keep doing that, mm -hmm. to keep giving up what we think we, we deserve right. for the good of, of your husband and the good of your marriage right. and the example that God has used marriage to be in the lives of those around you. Yes. Yes. That's great. Okay, what about some of the sins that we should be aware of in marriage? And I don't mean just specifically related to marriage. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we don't even realize that sin is creeping in. Like we talked about habits. Yeah. Um, the Bible talks about how sin is crouching at the door, you know, wanting to have you or seize you. I think it's important to think about this in marriage because I know that for me, I've had sins creep in and I didn't even realize them until the Lord opened my eyes to them. Mm -hmm. Or maybe I had a conversation with my husband and that helps too. Yeah. But um, so what are some of the sins women should be aware of? Well, I think a big one is comparisons. Either my comparing myself to other women and thinking, oh, well, my husband would probably like me to do that yeah. or this. Yeah. Or my comparing my husband to other men. Yes. <clears throat> Either of, the, you know, really comparisons are just detrimental yes, to your marriage. Are. And so... To most things they are. Yes. To realize, okay, God has brought you together with your husband yeah. into this marriage and and he is who God is yeah. using to sanctify you and to help you and vice versa and to not focus on who who you wish he was or who you think he wishes you were um, by comparing with other people right it's, it's good at times to think about oh he wants me to change in this way I should that's think different. about that that's different than just dwelling on comparisons you yeah. know I told this story before in the podcast, but I think it's very fitting right now. I can still remember being in a group of people and um, these women were pouring, I mean, like filling these plates with food for their husbands, hmm. like just, you know, all over. Yeah. And I never did that. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I must be a horrible wife. This must be what you do to be a good wife, you know? And so after we got home that day, he'd already gotten his food. We were all sitting and eating. And yeah. I just consistently, the rest of that evening, just thought about how bad I was as a wife and all the things I was doing wrong. And I remember I thought, I, I think the Lord, I know the Lord prompted me to talk to him about this. And I said, I'm really sorry that I, I don't get your food. And he looked at me and he said, no way. I want to pick my own piece of meat. <laughs> and I still remember that. And that was me comparing yeah. myself. Now, see, I was the person that was making my husband's plate of food. But this is why I made it. We would be at a potluck and everybody would be talking to David Oh. And we would get home and he'd say, I'm starving. Oh, I didn't right. eat anything. So it was merely selfish on my part. Yes, okay. I didn't want to have to make more right. food when I got home. Well, I, there are lots of reasons and we yes. don't all know them all. And yeah. that is a great example of not comparing. Yeah. Because, you know, and communicating mm -hmm. about what's going on. That's yes. huge. Yes. Okay, what else do you have? I'm sure there's more sins we should be aware of. Well, we touched on it a bit, but, you know, it's not our job to change our husbands. Yes. God is the one that brings change to a, a person's heart. It's the Holy Spirit that brings conviction of sin. Does that mean we never bring up a sin to our husband? No, it doesn't. But a constant nagging, a constant, right. you know, a withholding of love because he's not doing something we want. Ooh, that's, that's just manipulation. Yes. You know, it is not our job to change our husband. It's our job to fight our own sin and change us. Yes. And yet, oftentimes women think, they should right. be changing their husband. Yeah, that is a really good point. Yeah. I think another one is 
letting our our emotions rule us instead of God's word. Oh. Um, we can we can do that um, by just you know a, having our emotions flood out of us and say all kinds of things that, and then we come back and say, "Oh well, I don't, I didn't really mean that." Right. Well, the truth is, we probably meant it because we said it. Yeah. Um, instead of realizing that God says. We're to control our emotions, yeah. that our emotions aren't always honest, yeah. that God's word is what is true. And and that is what should guide us in our marriage yeah. relationships, not what we feel or what we are thinking at the moment or what our emotions are telling us. And you know how last week in our episode, you talked about chewing your cud. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a great way to do that because our world tells us it is okay yeah. to let your emotions lead you. And that if you feel something, you should just follow that yes. lead. And so if you're feeling mad at your husband about something, you should just tell him and then just be mad. Yeah. When chewing our cud means we're taking that verse, whatever verse it is, and there mm-hmm. are many, but maybe we just take the love chapter that talks about what love really is. Yeah. Um, and we just review it over and over. Love is patient. Yeah. Okay, I need to be patient with my husband when he drops his socks on the floor again, you know, or whatever yes. it is. We need to chew the cud of God's word mm-hmm. every day, which yeah. is not my words, but really your words just replayed. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure they were someone else's before. That's me. right. That's right. And that's true. So um, what about the S word? Okay. I'm putting air quotes around it. Yes. Do we even want to say it? Submission. It's kind of a big word. And I know some women might be sitting there thinking, I am not going to submit to my husband. I am not you know, his slave. And I've heard these comments said over and over in different situations. And I just really want to ask, you know, what happens? um, What does that mean? What does it mean to really submit to our husband? And how can we live it? Well, yes, we have to put quotes around it because it's kind of gotten a bad rap. Yeah, it has. And I would encourage you, if you're listening and think, oh, I'm not going to submit. I don't like that word to read through the Bible openly and just see what does God say about submission. Yeah. Actually, I have found over the years that submission is freeing. Yeah. You know, God holds each of us individually accountable for our behavior and our sin. And, and we all need Jesus. And yet God has appointed the husband as the head of the home. And in doing this, he is holding your husband's more accountable than he's holding you. Mm. And there's a freedom in that because I think, oh, I don't want to be held more accountable Mm -hmm. to God. And that actually makes me say, whoa, I want to help my husband. I want to make his accountability to God easier. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, you know, we live in a society that says, you shouldn't have to listen to your husband. You're not better. He's not better than you. And that's true. We're created equal. And yet God has has made a structure within marriage yeah. that says there is a head and there is a helper. Yep. And the role of helper is a glorious role. Yes, it is. And yeah. it doesn't mean you're weak. It doesn't mean you're helpless. It just means you're fulfilling a different role. Or that you can't be helped. Like, you can't have an opinion. Yes. Oh, it does. Uh, yes. You know, I often think of the times my husband says to me, you know, I... I want to hear what you have to say yes. about this because sometimes we have a different perspective. Yes. The final decision lands with him. Right. And actually, a woman who might be listening and say, oh, well, I'm very submissive. I never say anything to my husband, is actually not helping her husband. Yeah. Submission yes, doesn't mean 
you are silent. Yeah. It means that you know when you need to be quiet. Yeah. That you you can give your opinion, you give your wisdom, you discuss things. But at the end, if he says, we're doing this and it's opposed to what you do, you say, okay, I'm with you on it. Yeah. So so what if you do, though, legitimately have better ideas, way better ideas well, than your husband? That's part of my problem. I always think I have way better <laughs> ideas. And that's sinful, yeah. you know. Yeah. But but clearly God has gifted David with certain things and me with other talents. And so there's ways that I do have better mm -hmm. solutions for certain things. And I think over time, David has come to appreciate those things too. Mm -hmm. And as I have come to appreciate the ways he has a better idea, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's easy for me to just naturally think my ideas are right. Yeah. And they're not always right. Yeah. I think it goes back to listening. You know, in my head, he says something and, and I'm thinking of all the ways that's wrong. Mm -hmm. But do I actually take the time to listen to what he's saying? Yeah. And when I do that, I actually see a different perspective. And also, like, let's say you and I decided right now to head up and organize my pantry. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, um, well, we're going to organize the pantry. You would have different opinions mm -hmm. on how that should be done yeah. and what is important. And I would have different opinions and somebody has to make the decision. Right. And so God has already told us that helped us out a great deal by saying, you know, that's where the husband will be. He yes. will make the final decision and we are helping him. But my opinions, your opinions on my pantry might be super helpful yes. if we were doing it together. And there's all kinds of places in life that that people don't balk against a head. Yeah. A baseball team has the head coach yep. and there the final decision yep. comes down to him and you know, you know, yep. you want that that coach right. to be leading the team. Yeah. Because you want your team to win. There's a lot of instances like that in the world that we don't fight against, but we fight against yeah. submission because the rub comes against us that we don't like. Yeah, absolutely. I think of that with driving my car. Mm -hmm. When I hit, you know, uh, in my little town here, we have a police officer who, you know, is very there. I mean, yeah. he, is, he is ready. And I did get pulled over and I don't sit and yell at him. I mean, I was going over the speed limit a little bit, but I, I didn't like yell at him and say, I am, I don't want to follow that speed limit. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, I made a choice. Well, yeah, that's a speed limit posted and I probably deserve a ticket. And yep. thankfully he did not give me a ticket that day. <laughs> he was very kind, but yes. we, we do have that in our lives. There's a lot of authority and that's actually helpful yeah. in society. Yeah. I think, you know, putting into practice, um, things like memorizing scripture can be helpful. You know, if you find that your mouth is always arguing, always quick to tell your husband your better way, mm -hmm. you know, memorize James 119, yeah. that everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. You know, practice holding your tongue by repeating that, that scripture passage. You know, if you find that you're belittling your husband in your head, begin to look for qualities that God commends and write those down. Mm -hmm. Think about how God has, has, is at work in your husband and God's faithfulness to you guys. And then begin to encourage your husband in those ways instead yeah. of dwelling on the negative. I love those. Those are super applicable and probably something that most women at different points in their life have struggled with. So that's great to talk about those. Um, now, last week at the end of the episode, I mentioned my painting story. So just real quick, a recap. My husband had asked me to paint at a rental home that we had, I hate painting, just so you know. Hmm. I shared that this was not really something I wanted to do. And um, you talked actually about how God called you 
to your husband called you to wear a head covering. Mm -hmm. And this was not something that you didn't want to do. And God directed you to do that and you obeyed. Um, But these things are not illegal or wrong, right? So Mm -hmm. like, for example, painting at a rental house is not illegal. It's not a sin. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's no sin in our husbands asking us to do these things. But what if our husbands are asking us to do something that is, I don't know, illegal, wrong, or maybe against scripture? Mm -hmm. How do we deal with this? Well, our first loyalty is to follow God and his word. Um, That is our ultimate authority. Your husband is under God's authority just as you are under his authority. Um, so if your husband asks you to murder someone, um, you clearly would not do that. That's correct. However, um, often a husband may ask things that are not so black and white. And it is easy to say, I don't have to do it just because you don't want to. Um, when the truth is what he's asking you may not be opposed to God's word. There are a lot of examples in scripture of women that submit in hard situations. And some of those are hard to get your mind wrapped around. And yet we need to remember, okay, God is ultimately the final authority and we we are not ever called to disobey his word. Um, And yet we don't wanna use that as an excuse Mm -hmm. for not heeding what our husband desires for us to do. And that's kind of a fine line, and mm-hmm. it really takes some wisdom and discernment. And so I would encourage you to pray. Mm-hmm. I might also say, ask a godly woman. If, if you're struggling with something that your husband is asking you to do, ask a godly woman what she, if she feels like that is against what God's Word says. Mm-hmm. I think that's good advice. So, yeah. I, um, I know a lady who is still in our church. And her husband um, has passed away a number of years ago, but he was not a believer. And he told her she could go to Sunday morning church, but he didn't want her going to anything else. No Bible study, no Sunday night church, not helping in Sunday school. Um, And one point, she she was very respectful and really did honor this, Hmm. this wish of her husband's. Um, once and we he were, was not a believer. He I'm was assuming. not a believer, no. Okay. And he didn't come to church. And once we were doing vacation Bible school and we really needed another teacher, and this lady was a teacher by occupation, and David, my husband, went to her husband and said, could your wife help us this week in vacation Bible school? And he said yes, and she did. Hmm. She served, but then she went back and she really did respect him and follow what he said. And now many of us would say, well, going to a Bible study is good. God, of course, wants us to do that. Right. But but she respected what her husband's mm-hmm. wishes. And I think it's interesting that he died fairly early in life and left her well off. Mm. So well off that she was able to go and serve as a teacher in a, in a school in Thailand for mm. maybe 10 years. Mm. She has been able to use her life right. in ministry to God. She serves every day in some capacity. Yeah. Yes, she does. Where, I know her. <laughs> where she was not able to for all those years. And God honored her, re- yes. her respectfulness of her husband, I think, by giving her a very fruitful years yeah. In her older age. And that's a really encouraging because I think it's easy to, as you said, make an excuse for us to do what we actually really mm-hmm. want to do. Not necessarily thinking about how does this fit in, as you said at the very beginning of the episode, is this something with an eternal perspective? perspective? Yeah. Like how can I look at this through the eyes of, of God in this regard, in mm-hmm. situations? And I think that's really important because she was. She was honoring her husband mm-hmm. and then also honoring God by honoring her husband. Yeah. So it's interesting how 
those two things go together. So. Yes. Okay, what about a woman who um, feels like her marriage is just absolutely a lost cause? Maybe there is no interest anymore. Maybe her husband has, you know, is so busy with his work or is gone a lot, whatever. Maybe she feels that she's even been betrayed. Mm-hmm. So what could a woman like this do? Well, in many, I remember a number of times that really I was very depressed. I thought, okay, this is kind of hopeless. And yet, I, I really did see miraculous, the miraculous power of God. Mm. And so I would encourage them that God is powerful. God can bring change. Pray. Pray for your husband every day. Pray specifically for the things that you desire God to bring about. You know, think about God's word. What does God say about a, a biblical marriage? And then pray that God will mm-hmm. do those things in your marriage. You know, don't pray selfishly, but pray specifically for the things God desires. We know what the Word says. Mm -hmm. Read it and then pray for those things. And trust that God will work. And I'm sure that this lady was probably, it was probably hard for her to not go to a Bible study when she wanted to. Um, And yet she trusted God. And God, in the end, really provided kind of miraculously yes. for her. And yes. we serve a powerful God. Yeah, I agree. Um, we might also have some listeners in another situation. Um, what should a woman do if she is a believer and loves God, but her husband is not? I know there could be many reasons or situations surrounding this, and we don't have time on this mm-hmm. podcast to talk about every individual situation, but what are some principles that a woman in the situation should do? Well, I think that that scripture is not necessarily different for what it means to be a godly wife for a woman whose husband is a believer versus the lady whose husband is not a believer. Mm. I think you're still called to do the same thing. You respect your husband. You show mm-hmm. love to your husband. You pray for your husband. Mm-hmm. You um, help your husband. You seek ways to encourage your husband. Mm. Those are are the things that God calls us to do as a a Christian woman. And just because our husband isn't a believer doesn't mean we change how we are to act. Oh, hmm. That's good advice. <laughs> so I know it might be harder at times, yeah. you know, um, but, but that's what I would say. We, we are a Christian woman and we act like a Christian yeah. woman. So Peter tells the wife of an unbeliever to stay with him and in quiet submission, God will be at work. And that is your great encouragement. Mm. You know, that as you live as a, a godly woman, God is working. Yeah, that's really good. Um, that's good advice if you are a Christian woman to do, doesn't matter what your husband is doing. And this can be when we want to be comparing our husbands in general as if our husbands are Christians, we can be looking, but God just calls us to mm-hmm. do it. He calls us to obey. Okay, that was so much to talk about. Cheryl, wow. I'm not sure we covered everything on marriage. Do you think we did? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think we could have like a whole series for a whole year yes. on marriage, right? Um, and uh, I, this could be 45 minutes, but hey, it could be an hour worth of an episode. <laughs> but it's really just food for thought to prayerfully start to think about and to consider. And it was a great time to be able to talk with you about how God has really miraculously moved in your marriage. Mm-hmm. And when God works, 
we should praise him. Mm -hmm. And the work that he does is powerful. Yep. And we should never give up is the other thing I heard through what you said. So what are some of your like two or three pieces of final advice you would give to our listeners? I would say, and I think I said it earlier, but I would reiterate, be soft to God. It's easy to be defensive. You know, sometimes we read the word and we're defensive. Mm -hmm. um, somebody says something, we're defensive. Be soft when you feel the Holy Spirit prompting mm -hmm. you. And be willing to say, yes, that's sin on my part. I need to change. Mm -hmm. um, and secondly, serve others. Serve your husband. Serve your kids. Mm -hmm. Find joy, even if you're in the midst of a hard marriage. Find joy in, in doing mm -hmm. the works that God has called you to do. It actually changes your perspective and your outlook on things. Mm -hmm. It can turn something that is hard into something that is is joyful. And I think it does impact your husband. Mm -hmm. I think, and those are great. I have two that I want to add. Mm -hmm. Can I add my two Sure, yeah, you advice? can add as much as you want. Okay, so here's one. Um, be interested in the things your husband's interested mm -hmm. in. I have watched many women who are irritated that their husband, I don't know, likes to, you know, go hunting. Mm -hmm. I'm not... I'm not saying that you always go out yes. hunting with him, but I have actually done that. Yeah. Not hunting. I didn't go hunting. I went scouting because it was fun. We were we were in the cotton candy years, so okay. it was okay. But having taking interest in what they are interested in allows for lots of conversation. Yes. Learning about what they like, learning about the things they are doing helps for conversation, and I mm -hmm. think that's important. And the last thing I think, which I I know you'll agree with me, is pray. Yes. Right. This is the for one sure. tool we can do anywhere, anytime, and yep. we can be praying for our husbands and. It does not mean that God will work in the way we think. Mm -hmm. Sometimes God works and it his timing is not our timing and how it works, but it's good to be in prayer. And I would say pray specifically. That's good. Because when we pray in general ways, it's, it's, we oftentimes don't see God's answer. But when we pray specifically, those answers pop, us, pop yeah. right out to us. We can see God working mm -hmm. and he is always at work. Thank you so much for oh, It was great to be us. with you. Marriage is definitely something we need to be working on always. And um, I think if you talk with anyone who's been married for any period of time, there is always new things to learn, always new things to work on. And we are never quite there. Nope. Right? Um, I guess that means we'll probably revisit this topic again <laughs> on another episode of Unshaken. Um, hey, listen next week as we are going to be talking with a woman on, okay, next week's is topic, um, next week's episode is called Opposing Forces. Mm. And I think it's going to be great because we are actually going to bring up that particular book that you mentioned earlier. Okay. And I think it's an excellent, I was actually this next week, um, the episode that's coming up, we recorded it last week, and I was extremely convicted. This is why I want to quit doing podcasts because I keep getting convicted every week when I talk with people. <laughs> but really, it's very good, and I think it will be helpful to anyone listening. Um, so please join us next week for that. And remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress because of God. Until next time.